The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. What's coming up on today's experience? Devotional Diamonds of the Day, also known as my DDDs. These are daily devotions that become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show which have nothing to do with life. But here's a real secret for you. Yes, they do have something to do with life. The review of the Goofy News, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. If you look at the news, you just got to know. Four, three, two, one. Now, life lessons for our faith that we could actually use probably won't, but we can if we decide to be doers and not hearers. If we decide not not just to sit on our blessed assurance in church, it's possible that we can move forward. Humor that will force you to think, number one, why does this guy have a radio show? And number two, was that actually funny? I'm like, eh, maybe. Also, Bible trivia for fake, and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I will be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. There's just not much to add to that. I think if you understand we don't know what we're doing, everything else just falls into place. So we don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen, and we don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian, going through that process. By now, most people are post-Christmas, pre-New Year's, and they're starting to wrap their their mind around different things that are taking place. One of the big things is, and many of us know, gee, will this year be better than the previous year? What do we have to look forward to? Is that kind of what you're thinking? What's, what's coming up in the next year? Okay. For me, all I'm thinking is, I would like to walk without a brace. That's all I'm thinking. Anyhow, bottom line is we're starting to move our attention away, not from Jesus, just as we're facing the new time and the new year. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with looking forward and saying, Lord, what are we going to do together this year in partnership? That would be a good way to approach it. But if you have a question, if you have a comment, if you have a thought, maybe you have an idea rattling around in your head, we don't want it to die of loneliness. Maybe you have a praise report or a prayer request, an opportunity to share with your brothers and sisters about the things the Lord is doing in your life. We want you to have that opportunity. Reach out to us. Call 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. And when you call 972-445-0770, Cat and Chris will answer the phone and then you will be...
Now, you know what we ought to do is one time when we do that, we ought to do like a jazz thing. You know, like jazz it up and then we'll come back and be like, and then we'll go, hey, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience. Okay. Anyhow, uh, you can also text us 214-210-8483. I know some of you are like, I dare you. It's like, uh, we've done this before. Uh, that's 214-210-8483 if you want to text. Also, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org, which leads us to the website. Things about the website are pretty simple. On the website, there's video and audio to encourage you. There's the Spoonanity app, which is free. Not yet for iPhone. Takes a little more do-re-mi for us to get to that place, but at least we got approved by them, so that's a good sign. Uh, also, though, you can get put praise reports, prayer requests on the website, and it's a place to give. If you're thinking, man, I'd like to give to the ministry, but I don't know how, a good way to go about that is to go to the website and see the all dif- different ways you can do that. Go to hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right, now I did promise I'd give you an update on Easton. I did get an, uh, some information from my daughter and son in law today. So Easton had a, kind of a tougher Christmas, like just at the Christmas time. But he is doing much better. And the word better is always a better word than not. In other words, it's good that he's doing better. It gives them a break. It gives him a break. So praise the Lord that we are uh, seeing some improvements. And we're hoping this year that we see a lot of improvements. And we're believing God that that will take place. Additionally, I want to remind you that tomorrow morning at 1020, which, by the way, Chris, I forgot to tell you, Captain Chris, I'll be in a little early tomorrow because that appointment usually gets done pretty fast because the doctor doesn't like me. And so they just like, get out. Okay. <laughs> so I'll be here at the studio earlier. Anyway, I have my uh, doctor appointment tomorrow, and I'd like to get prayer for that. So let's just do some corporate prayer. I'm going to include myself in it, if you don't mind, as well as all of you. We pray, come before the Lord right now. Father, we come before you right now, and we thank you for Easton that, he's, that there's been progress made, and we ask you to keep making that progress. Keep moving upon him in the power and in the anointing of the Holy Spirit that he might rise up and defy everything that everybody ever thought and that he would be a wonderful testimony to your glory. We, we do pray for that, and I pray for my appointment tomorrow, Lord. I pray that there be good news that we're doing the, the, the process right, and I also pray for our audience and people that are hurting there's people that are hurting at high levels. There's people that are just eh, just a little uncomfortable. Regardless of that, Lord, you're aware of where they're at, and we pray that you would touch them, encourage them, heal them, love on them, and bless them, and let them know your presence and your comfort. We pray in Jesus' name to your glory. Amen and amen. Okay, so we got that done, and I want to make sure we get the, all the appropriate things done. We are now going to go into this text. Uh, we are in Matthew chapter 5. We're in the Sermon on the Mount. We're about to head into some serious territory. As you know, about three weeks ago, we already talked about fool. We did a whole uh, segment and a half on the fool process, so we're going to skip that versus redoing that. But we're not quite there yet. Here's where we're at. Right at this time, this is going to be uh, verse 20, and Jesus said this, For I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. 
Now, keep in mind, this is Jesus doing the big sermon. It's not just a sermon. This is the biggest speech in all of history in mankind that is known throughout the world. And in the very beginning of this speech, he says something pretty amazing. He's going to go on in the speech and tell everybody how not terrific the Pharisees and the Sadducees are. He's going to tell people what's really going on. Okay, Kind of like laying it out. But before he gets to that point, as he's moving in that direction, he goes, look, unless your righteousness is better, unless it surpasses, unless it's greater, you're not getting into the kingdom of heaven either. It's an indirect slight to them, the Pharisees and Sadducees, that they ain't going in. (laughs) I'm just telling you. And what the key in that is to understand there's two principles that are really important to understand about that statement. One... That nobody, as Jesus goes through and he talks about what has been said and he talks about some of the understandings of the law, nobody, nobody qualifies to be righteous enough to make it because they're good, period. All those people that are dreaming that their good works will outweigh their bad works, love it. You're so wrong. It's kind of sad. All our righteousness is as filthy rags, is what the Bible says. So let's not go that route. You don't have enough righteousness. You need some. It's like you being a toddler. I'm just going to use the example because I like it. It's like you being a toddler, maybe a one-year-old or a two-year-old, beating Michael Jordan in his prime at basketball, and you can't even stand up yet. Not going to happen. Okay, it's just not, no, no, not happening. Okay. Well, the bottom line is your righteousness will never be enough to be to that place. So the righteousness Jesus is referring to initially is the righteousness that he's going to provide, and he gives hints throughout the Sermon on the Mount that that's the fact. Also, did I, did I make that pretty clear? Also, the big issue for the righteousness of the Pharisees and the Sadducees is they were hypocrites. Their righteousness was phony. It was all for show. There was nothing good about it. The whole thing, you know, it's like that, that saying, the whole, gag, the whole gig's been a real gag, but I got to go. It's like there was nothing to it. It was a bad Las Vegas show that didn't get renewed. They were terrible. And everything they did was for show, and there was no sincerity, no realness, no nothing in there. Now, it's not as though your righteousness will be sufficient to be where that needs to be in the context that you need the righteousness of Jesus Christ. But it is also true that the righteousness, the things that you do, need to have a sincerity. They need to be real. They can't be hypocritical. Because when they're hypocritical, then you're no different than they are. They would tell people, do this, do this, do this, but they wouldn't do it. Be right like this, do it like this, be like this, but they wouldn't even touch it. And they would concentrate on the things which they thought were really important, like, you know, I'm so spiritual because of how much I tithe on my herbs. But they didn't understand mercy and justice and grace, and it's like they were idiots, Let's just call it what it is. So Jesus is like, and he's going to call them, by the way, idiots. But don't get mad at me because I didn't call them a bag of snakes yet. 
Anyhow, the idea behind this is the righteousness that Jesus is talking about is the righteousness that must come through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. And in our righteousness, as we are becoming more and more like Jesus, it better be sincere and it better be real and it better not be hypocritical. Okay? All right. Take a break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. is the David Spoon Experience. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been my privilege in my past. I've been a Christian for a short time, only about 40 years. But when I was in my first year, I had a chance to meet James Robinson, who had a chance to pray for my brother and myself. Uh, very helpful at a very needful time as we were fighting our way out of a Christian cult. And uh, he prayed for clarity. And uh, it was just a pastor's gathering in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, I have the privilege again of interviewing one of what, what I consider to be one of the great men of God who are still with us on this planet. And I just want to give a wholehearted welcome and open door and open heart to James Robinson. Uh, thank you, sir, for being a part of our show and a part of our audience. Well, David, it's a pleasure to join with you, and I'm grateful that praying together was uh, meaningful to you to a very important part and point in your life. So just joy to be with you and your listeners. Now, David, can I just download what I believe is the heart of our Heavenly Father to your listeners for a few minutes? Yes, please, by all means. When I spoke to the leaders before the election, and I talked about the need, this is in Washington, there were nearly 2,000 pastors and church leaders there. And I said, I'm telling you, there are people right now who are being captivated by the Jesus they see in some of our lives. Now, I said, listen to me. We have a fatherless nation, desperately in need of a father. If we, as believers, as Christians, who have the perfect father, if we would show people clearly what the family of the perfect father looks like, I believe the fatherless would run to the father and the father's house. And I believe that. I said that to the president of the United States. I said, sir, your children say you're a good father. Eric Trump happened to be sitting by me when I first said that. Eric said, he's a great father. I said, well, he may be, but that doesn't mean he's flawless. I do believe that we need a father, and I believe we can pray and God can raise up people that have a father's heart. And so I began to emphasize the church revealing what the father's like. Now, listen to me. We as believers comprise the body of Christ the body of born-again, baptized into Christ believers who are born from above. We have a perfect Heavenly Father who reveals His will. He's not willing that any should perish. He said, you call on me, and I'll heal your land. Now listen to me. Christian believers, we're not looking for a champion. We've got one. He's the only one that rides the white horse. We're not looking for a king. We have a king. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. That's Jesus. He holds kings in His hand. Our king, our shepherd, our father said, come to me as my family, and you ask me to heal your land in desperate need of healing. You come in humility. You come knowing I'm the only one that can heal, and I can use imperfect vessels to accomplish my perfect will. I always have. I always will. Welcome back. Yeah, that David Spoon experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. I'm warning you right now. I'm feeling pretty good. This could be dangerous 
for many of you. Here is our first trivia question. True or false, in Jesus' first temptation, the devil offered him roast lamb to eat. True or false, in the first temptation that Satan dropped on Jesus, he offered him roasted lamb, sacrificial lamb to eat. If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. You can also send an email, David, at he must increase. Dot org. Nobody needs to be overly concerned. We don't have a, typically a lot of calls or a lot of as much engagement during the Christmas and New Year's. We don't care. <laughs> as long as the Lord blesses you, touches you, encourages you, that's good enough for us. Let's do our DNA. D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. I just, I love that one saying. Every day that ends with Y. That's how often. Also, never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Never, ever, 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 ever be ashamed of Jesus or his words. And then A, always be ready. To serve. To serve, which means that it's not just about you. I know. Don't misunderstand. It doesn't mean that you don't think about you at all. But it's just not all about you and your universe. There's other people in other universes that you can be a blessing in, being a vehicle and a vessel by and for the grace of God. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Okay? That's my confidence in you. You can do it. Uh, Trivia question again. uh, True or false? In Jesus' first temptation, the devil offered him some roasted lamb, sacrificial roasted lamb. To eat. Is that true or false? Reach out to us if you think you know. 972-445-0770 or 214-210-8483. Or send an email, David, at hemustincrease.org. Two things I do want to tell you are really important. Okay, one, be praying for me in the sense that I need to know what books. Now, I've already added First Peter to the list. And it looks like we're going to be adding 1 Corinthians to the list. I need to know if there's an Old Testament book we need to look at, like Esther, or what some of the other material you guys might want to carry and cover and kind of review. So be prayer, be praying for me so that I can just have enough of a brain to go, yes, Lord. I mean, that's all I need to be able to do. And then um, the, most of the material has been, I don't want to say it's already been studied. It's just a lot of it's been studied. I was trying to calculate how many notes. I was so far off. as unbelievable. So I thought I had like 150,000 Bible notes. It's like 280 or something. It's like, wow. Noel said, you ought to spend the rest of your life just putting those notes together. I said, yeah, that's about how long it would take. <laughs> it's like the rest of my life. I think I'll, uh, instead I'll uh, watch a Christmas movie. All right, so uh, somebody ready to answer the... <laughs> this is David. Who am I talking to? Paul Bowles, how are you, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, my brother? Me too, man. I got all kinds of goodies for Christmas. Y'all been good to me, man. Did you, did you get any tater tots? <laughs> uh, No, I didn't get any tater tots. Okay. I just thought I'd check. I got a new pocket knife, though, so that's pretty cool. Okay. <laughs> uh, all man, right. The answer to your trivia is false, because Satan didn't offer him anything to eat. That's correct. He didn't offer him anything. Good catch on that one. And then the sacrificial lamb. But what one of the things that people miss on that is that what Satan tried to induce Jesus to do was use his miraculous powers for Jesus' own benefit. 
and not the benefit of others. And it's like, ooh, that's sneaky. That's sneaky. Wow. Yeah. Got to think of that. That's good. You say had a good Christmas. I'm so glad to hear that. How are you doing now? Are you doing pretty good? Looking forward to the new year? Oh, I am. I'm doing real good. I'm on my way home from work. I'm going to eat a little snack and take a nap. Oh, God bless you. I'm so jealous. I'm jealous in a good way. Okay? (laughs) All right, man. Hey, David, I appreciate you, brother. Happy New Year. All right. Happy New Year to you, too. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. Great job. Let's see. We're just... It's just fun. All right, let's get back to this text. Um, uh, The text we're in. Now listen, okay? Now listen to me. Whenever you hear something from a preacher or from a teacher or you're reading it and the Holy Spirit kind of, bring it before the Lord. You don't have to, oh, this is this. this. You need to evaluate it. Make sure, put it through the strainer of the experience between you and the Lord. I want you to listen to this because Jesus now is moving into this territory in the Sermon on the Mount where it gets pretty pretty intense. There's no, nothing else to say. So first he he opens this this kind of swivel. And remember, he started off with the blessings. (laughs) Happy, 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 happy. Yay, happy, yay. And now he's moved. And the movement is now, by the way, if your righteousness isn't more than the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you're not getting into heaven. Like, what? wait, what? And it's like, so it's shifted. And now in verse 21, Jesus makes a dramatic shift. You have heard that it was said to our ancestors, do not murder, and whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. So what Jesus does, just so you can follow this, is he makes the law worse. Now, he does say it has been said, which there's two things there that you got to catch because some people are like, it has been written, it has been said. And it's like, okay, everybody's missing the point, okay? Here's what Jesus is communicating. Here's what he's saying, okay? Ready? You have heard that it was said, blah, 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 but I tell you. That is all you got to know. <laughs> That's it. But I tell you. Those four words in that Sermon on the Mount said, eh, I don't care. I don't care what it was said. I don't care what it was written. I am telling you it's even worse. What do you mean it's even worse? You know how you get angry at your brother? Yeah. That's murder. Wait, what? No, no. No, Jesus. Murder is murder. Not in the mind of God. Why are you kidding? How are we supposed to keep this law? How are we supposed to be righteous by this law? Yeah, it ain't going to happen, is it? See, that's the whole point. Just on his first point alone, everybody's like going, "Uh uh-oh. And the whole message, and you have to be like you're one of the people there, right? This is what you got to think. You're you're hanging out there and, oh, hey, look at this Jesus. Wow, look at this. He's Oh, yeah, bless her. Happy, happy, happy. Blessed her, blessed her, blessed her. Yeah. What do you mean we got to be more right and righteous than the Pharisees and the Sadducees? What do you mean if I get mad at my brother, I'm I'm committing murder? What? And now it's ch- changed completely. But Jesus does something that's absolutely amazing. He asserts his Messiah and Christ authority in the moment when he puts a differential between what has been said and what he's saying. He just splits it. 
And for those that are looking forward to it, and yes, this would be a good place to check it out, the, Sir, the, the Mount of Transfiguration where there's Moses and Elijah who represent the law and the prophets. And what is it that God the Father says to, that, to the, the three disciples, Peter, James, and John? This is my son, hear him. <laughs> see, now that, see, the whole game is over. It's changed. Done. We're done. Thank you. And so what Jesus says is, look, at this is what has been said. This is what I'm saying. And now it's even more intense. And he goes on. He goes, everyone who's angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Anyone who insults his brother and sister will be subject to the courts. And whoever says you fool will be subject to hellfire. We covered the fool part in a prior show, so I don't want to redo that right now. I want you to focus in on what Jesus does, which is much more important. What Jesus has to say has more authority than what anybody else has ever said before, period. And you think, well, how can that be? Because Jesus reveals the depth of what the law's intent was. The law wasn't given just for the outer skirts. Well, if I, if I don't kill him, oh, that's good. I'll just maim him. It's like, see, see, this is how people would think. And what God does is through, through the revelation and teaching of Jesus makes clear, no, the intent of the law was to pull you away from that completely. Jesus didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it, to make it so plain you can't miss it. Hey, guess what? Murder has a whole nother segment to it. It starts on the inside. And for those that are like, well, you know, Jesus, he was teaching inside, but that's not really what the Ten Commandments said. Yeah, it is exactly what the Ten Commandments says when it says, thou shalt not covet thy neighbors, this, that, 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 this, that, that, or whatever. That's on the inside, starting on the inside, moving on the outside. And so Jesus just lays it down. I'm the authority. I'm telling you how it's going to go. This is what it is. Now how's your guilt system? Ding, 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 ding. I'm guilty. It's like the idea is for us to get that you're not supposed to keep the law on this outward element, that the law is deeply inward. And in fact, what you get to find out if you get into the theology of this is you can't even keep the law apart from the Holy Spirit being inside of you, which means that God has to help you keep the law because your old nature does everything that's contrary to God. This just gets really deep, and so I'm trying not to get too far in the woods for you. But the bottom line is everything your old nature does is contrary to the law. The only way to fulfill the law is to do it in the new you, which is the new creation in Christ, which comes about by your surrender to Jesus Christ and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit into your lives. And otherwise, you don't got a chance. And that's it. And you can't even get to that point until you acknowledge, I'm a mess. That's what, and this is just one line. And what Jesus did in this one line was blew everybody's theology into the water. <laughs> yeah, you've heard it was said this. Yeah, well, I got a message for you. Wrong, because <laughs> now we're going deeper. What? We got to be even more righteous? Yeah. It's got to be real. Well, now, Ananias and Sapphira make even more sense, doesn't it? All right, we'll take a break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, top of the hour. Don't go anywhere.
This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Jesus' longest sermon that's recorded is Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, which takes about 25 to 30 minutes long. It takes about 30 minutes to read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. So here's a lesson for pastors and preachers everywhere. Jesus said everything he wanted to say on the Sermon on the Mount in 30 minutes. Paul took 12 hours. God didn't record a single word. The David Spoon Experience on 770 KAAM. The Christian faith is being attacked. 50 years ago, people would disagree with Christianity, but with a sense of respect. Those days are over. The rage, the flesh, the enemy, and the atmosphere of sin is growing and growing. Jesus said in Matthew 24, the love of many will grow cold. And if it's not the end now, it's certainly a lot closer than it was yesterday. You may be from a Baptist background. David Spoon has that. You may have a Pentecostal background. He has that too. You may have a non-denominational background. Yep, he's got that as well. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience on God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM.